Hello and welcome to episode unlucky 13 of 67. I feel like it's going to go down that, that route today, boys. Uh, first up, Scott Sutherland, how you doing? Hi, here we go again. Hi, and we're on the road again, Tony Doyle. How you doing, boys? Can we get us off my chest today? Oh man, this has been a, probably the longest wait for a podcast uh, going, to be honest with you. I've um, been dreading it. Since since midweek, we were going to do one on on Thursday after the game, but to be honest with you, it would have just been a total rambling mess of an hour of us just talking utter pish. So we thought we'd wait until uh, till this you know Sunday to do it instead. Um, aye, we could have got the jail, I think, if we recorded on Thursday. So aye, just probably, probably. lawyers been chapping off Friday morning, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, right, so boys, we got two games in to to talk about, but before we get onto that. Usual housekeeping gets on Twitter at pod underscore nineteen sixty seven. Do you know I tried to change that the other day to pod underscore sixty seven. So take away the nineteen and some idiot's got it, man. He's not posted on it for about five years. I'm like, might just buy half him like Jay Z done with somebody. Hey, how much are you take to get that podcast though? Uh, the actual name for it though. I'll which? just I'll give him a five on tell me shut the fuck up. Buy your cans and Brendan Rogers back. Aye, exactly. Um, so I guess yeah, pod underscore nineteen sixty seven. Uh, joining the the conversation on that. So two games then, boys. We've got Sparta Prague. We'll, we'll start with that because that's the one that we need to start with. Um, we we recorded last Sunday after the the Leo game and the Aberdeen game, and we thought, brilliant. You know, we might have we might have turned a corner here. You know, the performances were decent. Uh, Leo, we probably should have hung out and and kind of got the win there, but you know. We didn't expect to get in from the game, so you would take a point at the start of it. Aberdeen in the cup, we, we made it to another cup final. Um, we totally bulldozed over them. That was uh, decent to watch, as expected. You know, we were, we were hoping it was going to get like that. Um, then we can move on to Sparta Prague. Boys, um, Scott, I'll start with you. Was this, I'll just come right out with it, was this probably one of the worst performances you've ever witnessed for Celtic? Yes, probably in in my lifetime, and uh, I've tried to be positive in this podcast, but uh, no more, no more. Uh, I think when? the last game. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. When? When? No, 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 no. I've tried to be positive before the Rangers game, despite having fears, and that was probably to do with a few cans I was drinking as well. I was like, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, but there's no evidence for this team uh, that we're making any sign of progress. We haven't beaten a team basically on a similar level to us, or even slightly below us. Uh, since we played Lazio and that game was pretty much a year ago yesterday any team that are sort of a similar level to us Clue, uh, well Clue was after that but Copenhagen Ferenc Varos Rangers uh, AC Milan Sparta Prague they beat us every time last week when we played Lille tried to be positive with it but we threw that game away we threw that game away we're 2 up threw it away we go and beat Aberdeen in the cup we always beat Aberdeen Aberdeen are jobbers they're, they're nothing they're nobodies we go and beat them Rolls onto this game, and it's the same old. Uh, not learning their lessons, they just. In terms, like so I thought, we started the game okay, first ten, fifteen minutes, but they didn't look much a great an outfit. They've got seven players missing. Uh, there's no confidence in the team. Soon as they have a first couple of attacks, uh, I think they hit the post, uh, and then they score straight away for a set piece again. Same lessons, not picking up men. Don't seem to be instructed to have a clear plan what we're doing at set plays 
so I pretty much fuming, but I uh, let Tony take over now. I have Tony just be, to jump in there, but just we were going into this game. Um, Scott's saying there, we hear they've got, was it six or seven boys out? They've drafted in youth players. Some of their guys are part time players, you know, playing for a team like Sparta Bag. We're thinking this should be a walkover, surely, shouldn't we? Well, considering they've not actually played a, a league game for months now as well, whole COVID in the country, I think they've always been playing games in Europa League now. But it just wasn't good enough. The first 20 minutes or so that Scott was saying was okay, wasn't actually brilliant, but as soon as Sparta Prague got the wee bit between our teeth, we couldn't stop them. We had no plan to stop them back. Celtic going forward are a good threat, but see at the back, the door's always wide open. We, we've seen it today against Motherwell. There's goals that you get. If you run it, you can get a goal, no problem. But um, for me, that was the third strike for Lennon there. Yeah, Sparta Prague. Finnish Viros was the first. Rangers, second. And that one, it's totally unexcusable. It is pathetic. Just looking at the, the lineup then that we went with, so... The same team. It was a strong. It was a strong team. You know, mm-hmm. it was the same team. And this is the the point I made to you the other day. We're going to we're going to slate Lennon for us because Lennon deserves to be slated for us. But my one of my issues looking at us, you know, go through the team: Bain, Frimpong, Duffy, Beaton, Laxalt, Brown, McGregor, Chrissy Rogers, El Unice, Edward. All these guys. This is the starting eleven that played against Aberdeen at the weekend, and we thought, you know. Maybe a bit reserved, but we thought, listen, we might be back here. You know, we might have had that rocket up the arse that we've been shouting for. We might be actually putting in performances now. We go with that team, we see it and go brilliant. Lennon couldn't have done anything other than put that team out because of how well they played at the weekend. So, Scott, I'll come back to you. As we'll go on to talking about Lennon um, a little bit later on on this because I think we're all in agreement that, that the kind of buck stops with him for this. But in terms of these players, mate, like... I've got a serious issue with that team turning up on Sunday and then totally going missing on a Thursday. That team should be good enough to play together two games in a row and not not crumble. But with I, guys I, like Shane Duffy at the back, he, he, it was as if he's never played a game of football in his life. No, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, but this is where it comes down to Lennon flip flops and these players all the time. He's saying on Monday. Because uh, we've won whatever the thirty-five cup games in a row, uh, another cup final. These players have gone to the wall for me time and time again. They've been brilliant, brilliant. Then he's coming out on Thursday after that performance and saying we need to change the culture. So he's flip-flopping here. Mm-hmm. I'd, I disagree with these players. Majority of them uh, forget Shane Duffy. I mean, he's just a fucking he's a bricklayer. That guy just he should never play football again. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, done. Uh, but as for the rest of these players, they've went to the wall for us. They've won. We know these players can do it. I think Celtic are in a similar boat to Man United. And I hear when they talk about Man United and Floyd Keynes like that, these players are going to get Solskjaer the sack and they've got Mourinho the sack in the past. I don't think it's like that with Celtic. These players, we know exactly what they're capable, but it's been a... Lennon talks about changing the culture. He he has changed the culture. It's a total drop-off in the previous standards we've set. We were went from playing getting embarrassed in Europe by PSG uh, Barcelona and we thought that was bad and now it's 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 got even worse we're now getting embarrassed in Europe uh, by teams at Sparta Prague and I think the whole point with Lennon is he just sets a team out and goes off on you go 11 v 11 we should we should win this game football doesn't work like that anymore it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that when we that Sparta Prague team were well drilled well organised well coached they would have watched Celtic time and time again they knew exactly how to play it is I bet you Lennon hadn't even watched Sparta Prague I bet he hasn't Probably no, that's right. the first game that he watched back for the few months apparently according to the after after release statements from no. Tony, made the first, you, watch that game the first time in months it's pathetic mate do you agree with Scott um, 
when he says that you know the buck completely stops with Lennon here, or, or do you kind of agree with me in terms of? I think the the players deserve a bit more criticism than they're probably getting. I mate, to be honest, definitely the players do deserve criticism. Like, there's no get away from the fact that they are put out in that team, that pitch, and they should be winning that game comfortably. But Lennon will take the fall for it. Mm-hmm. He has to take the fall for it. The management have to take the fall for that performances because it's not the first time this season. And if it's not working, the players aren't doing it for you in a pitch. You just don't pick them. Simple as that. You find a way to win these games. That's two wins in seven now, and it's 15 goals conceded as well. That is pathetic, mate. Considering some of the calibre our teams are playing up against, we're playing fucking Derek McInnes. He's not got a fucking clue against every half the time. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually getting raging again. I swore <laughs> I wouldn't get wound up before this podcast started. For, everybody listening, Tony came on and said, I'm not even that annoyed at Thursday anymore. And I said, just give me five minutes, mate. We'll get you going. <laughs> we'll get you started it's again. It's not I said. I, I wasn't annoyed anymore. I thought, I'm just over it because it's same old fucking Celtic in Europe. Aye. And I had moved on in my head, but now I'm just getting hit back up again. My thing with the players, criticising players, and I, I get that it's easy to to point the blame at Lennon because you know he sets he sets the players out, he does this, but I'm watching individual players simply looking like they don't know how to play football anymore. And that's my that's my problem. No amount of managerial thing is gonna is gonna change that. I'm watching Frimpong try to control a ball. I disagree. No, I mean you, you can't you, you can't disagree with what you're saying though. You're seeing guys like Shane Duffy totally forgetting how to defend. You've got Frimpong who's meant to be one of our best kind of attacking threats to the right hand side. At some points he couldn't even control the ball. Scott Brown's passing to the R team. Callum McGregor is flailing trying well, to let me just come in there Callum McGregor. See for the first goal it's a good save for Bain at the start to concede the corner, fair enough. Fine with that. But see that run that no one tracks in the fucking box and it gets it for a Callum McGregor again. Mm-hmm. It's a simple flick on his fucking far post. And do you know what makes it worse? Callum McGregor sees him coming. And that's the bit that annoyed me so much. Shoulder, sees him coming and he just doesn't even do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And for the second goal as well, Brown tries to fucking clear the ball, makes an arse And again, Callum McGregor's there without picking up his man and he gets turned so easily. I've seen Milk turn quicker. But on I on the first goal, I mean it's set pieces time and time again. We don't do we work on set pieces in training, are we working on things like that? See instead of Lennon saying we need more hunger and desire, that's that's schoolboy stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's what I would shout at my school team. Mm-hmm. They need to be switched on and he's, you can hear him in the searchline shooting, switch on, switch on. No identify the players in the Sparta Pride team and the opposition you're playing and say, if you're going man Martin, you're marking him, you're marking him. It looks to me as if they don't do that. They we don't have a goalie who commands his box either. We spent Barkas wasn't he, two months in. Then he wasn't he great, but we spent a lot of money on this guy. People wanted seem to think Bain get better in the reserves. Wanted to bring him back. Bain's hopeless. See if he did. See if he did. He <laughs> goal in the backup reserve eh, to Barkas. And I, he's not been on it. Bring him in. But we've no. We we haven't got a good second choice goalie. Bain, Bain's hopeless. Even the first one he saves. It's a standard save. Ball comes in. The second one he should be getting down better, and then the last one just. The fourth goal is academic at that point, but just stand up. That and I don't think the fourth goal is a great spot at all because there's four guys in the box that don't pick up a player and leave Frimpong exposed himself. You can't blame Bain for that. That's simple game management. No one is fucking marking a runner. No one's got a man. We just left everyone unmarked in that box. That's not Bain's fault. And that's the point I was getting at. When you look at individual performances, you know I, I expect better from. I, I even, do you know what, I'm saying I expect better, I just expect something from these players. I expect them to be able to, you know, the only guy that looks like he cares in that whole team is Laxalt. 
You know, I thought he actually played really well is, considering is, in that he's game. He's the only guy in the team that doesn't understand fucking Neil Levin. Well, this, this is the thing. That's what's, that's he's scared that AC Milan. He thought, I'll just do the same thing there because it worked there and I've been doing no bad for Uruguay and that. No. Get that guy from Northern Ireland shouting, just switch the play. Switch the Wales. <laughs> <laughs> he's not got a clue. He's not playing heady tennis. Right, more. So we um right, we get beat four one then as we all we all know we got a, a substitution in the second half Lee Griffiths came on um people have been critical of Lee Griffiths us included uh, through the summer um he came back he looked good he gets subbed on was it fifty ninth minute and he gets us a goal back to make it two one um sixty fifth minute Tony I'll come to you on on Griffiths at this point and we're watching this game. I'm looking at Lee Griffiths going, that's the only guy that gives a fuck in this yeah. team. Well, like, obviously, he plays the ball through to Rogic, and then Rogic turns and shoots, but the thing Griffiths did there was, he just kept busting his gut, he followed on his run, and got in a position where if the ball did spill to him, he's there for the rebound, and that's exactly what a, a striker's instinct is, and he done that amazingly, and you think to yourself, right, 2-1, here we go, come back, get a draw or something, get this respectable, but nah, wasn't to be. Nah, Scott, it seemed to be that, that kind of Lee Griffiths, when he came on, um, he was shouting the ball on the folk, he was trying to G everybody up in the team. You know, it, it, he probably can see what we can see. He's probably actually doing exactly what we would do. See, if you put me in the middle of that picture, if I come on, I'd be screaming and shouting everybody going, like, fucking get your head out your ass. Let's fucking power onto this. He's the only guy that looked bothered. Nobody cared, did they? No, no I, th- I thought uh, Griffiths made a difference and he has made a difference in the uh, past few games coming off the bench and I thought Sutton despite what Sutton said about him was kind of half right to an extent it was a totally wrong time to attack him uh, when he did after the Don't game Don't worry we'll get to Sutton we'll yeah, get right. to I know that guy's just an arsehole isn't he but uh, Griffiths makes that, makes that difference and I'm watching it and I'm thinking uh, oh here I think oh, we're going to somehow get away with this and Neil Lennon will come out as a messiah and it's always it's, the whole thing about the whole thing and People talking in media about uh, Lennon, it's always about needs to go in and give them a give them a give them a rollicking or something, give them a shout and that. Like I view it as like a like a workplace or something. Like see a guy like Edward, he's going to be looking at this ginger guy just shouting at him, think that's not how you get the best at these. These players need properly coached. They need direction. They need a sense of what we're doing. The gaps between the midfield and the defence is just totally totally ridiculous. You're playing Shane Duffy in the halfway line, the guy can't run. Uh, and then we seem to we seem to collapse in these games late on as well. Like Copenhagen take a couple off us late on. Kludge did the same as Sparta Prague pick us off. I think there's a lack of just a lack of fitness, any tactical plan, and it all just comes back to setting standards. And our standards have fallen off a cliff. So, um, aye, there's no there's not really much else that we can we can slate in this game. You know, for me, can we slate Shane Duffy? I well, that's what I was going to move on. I was going to move on to Shane Duffy. For me, this was um, this was him done. This was this was his last performance for me because I don't want to see this guy in a Celtic jersey ever again, Tony. Mate, see, see it too. When you think to yourself, what Scott's saying, right? Get something back here. Great, we better play restored after a poor game. But see, you get turned in the halfway like that, like he did, and totally sell the jerseys yet again. In another fucking game, he sold the jerseys and cost us the points. Well, not the points, because we're out of the game at this point. But he's cost us the match entirely, again. I honestly think we need to phone trading standards, because we've been sold a fucking shitty piece of fucking... 
I don't even know how to describe this man anymore. He is an absolute charlatan, a fraud, and he should be kicked out of Scottish football. He is right and rotten. Uh, aye, 100% agree. And when people talk about him, oh, he just needs a bit of confidence. Uh, he's just lacking confidence. He's, tw- he's 28 year old. He's 28 year old. He's played in the Premier League. He's not. He's island captain. He's not a young boy that's like, leading confidence. Uh, we'll come on and talk about the Mullerwell game, but I thought Lennon got that. You could, for once, Lennon got something right. Mm-hmm. They uh, removed him at the team, and hopefully now international break we get we get Julian back. I think been going on in time time again how important he is. I think it's no coincidence that we conceded 15 goals mm-hmm. uh, without him in the team. So I don't think there's much more to say, say on Shane Duffy. Send him back up the road to Brighton for all I care. It's totally finished. We generally wonder though how he's got to this point in his career being island captain and stuff and he just doesn't look like he knows how to do the simple defending things at it's, all. It's a different game. It's a different game when you play in English football. You get a lot more time. You, you're no, you're no bump. I mean, give... Scott I'm sick of hearing that, Ryan. No, I'm sick of hearing that. No, no, no. The third goal against Sparta Prague, he's no, one-on-one no, no. with defender That's and he just simply lets the boy run past him like he's not there. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people underestimate Scottish football playing for a, a team like Celtic people underestimate it because we play in the Scottish League but a lot of guys have come up from, from England and they can't cut it up here because it's a more physical game it's not as namby-pamby as it is doing the Premier League you get a lot of time you're, you're kind of sheltered a little bit down there whereas when you're up here playing for a team like Celtic or a team like Rangers you've got the spotlight on you every single game and these guys they can't cut it for where they've came from. You know, Brighton, let's be honest, if you have a, a piss game at Brighton, nobody cares. You know, nobody gives a fuck. You know, the only people are going to see you've got a piss game is people who watch Match of the Day and they see a quick clip it and go, all right, okay, that's fine. He made a mistake there. Mm. But when you're up here, it's constant. You're on TV every game. You've got a spotlight on you. Every tiny mistake you make, you need to be, you need to be that step better. You need to be a little bit better up here because of the, the spotlight that's on you. I, I, draw, I draw for Brighton away, away from home is a great result for them. Their only objective is to stay in that league. Simple as that. But we also the sort of dream of him come up here being a no-nonsense defender who can just do the simple things. Like, see if we were just like a, a white Bobo Baldy who just put the head in everything and just get the body fuck all the time. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I don't I don't need him to be this 45-yard carrying ball forward, picking passes and being a maestro at the back. I don't Aye. need a Paul McStay centre-back. I just need him to do the simple things in the park and get the ball fucking clear and stay in position it's, I'm not asking a lot and see if he can't do that he should not be in the fucking team at all I know he jumped his defence because I mean he's a total he's a total diddy and he should never play again but we, we are we know we knew kind of what we were getting when we signed this guy and we don't play his strength we don't play his strengths either mm-hmm. and I mean he's having to defend like right on the halfway line and that's what comes with being a Celtic player and let's, he just he can't do it he can't do it He's used to being at Brighton, defending his own 18-yard box, never really having to push up at anything. They'll play very deep, we come under pressure in a lot of games. Yeah, and he's just his decision making at times just so rash. I mean, it's un- unreal. I mean, I can't get over how actual slow he is. Like, it's, it's totally ridiculous and embarrassing how slow he is. And I, I think there's surely much more he can say on him. Now that we've got centre halves coming back, he should he should never play again. Mm-hmm. Well, I was back at. Uh, Back in the injury list today, but so you'll be back in next week. I uh, will see how that, oh, one, that one turns out. But um, before we before we round off this game, I want to bring up another just one more performance because it, it does relate to today's game against Motherwell. Um, Odson Edward, boys, I'll start with you, Tony. Um, 
he came back against Aberdeen. You know, started that game when we thought he's, he looks quite good. You know, he's he's kind of got a wee bit of fire about him again. Um, so he goes straight back into the starting lineup for this game against Sparta. He was useless, wasn't he? Didn't know he cast me. Like Charlie Nick got it right, mate. He doesn't look bald. As painful as that is to say. You know? <laughs> there was those slotting Charlie Nick at the start of the season. I, Eddie doesn't look arsed, but I don't know what it is. Like. His form just hasn't picked up at all this season. It just doesn't seem to be clicking. Um, I'm not going to sort of dance with the subject and let him off it. We need to criticise his performance. He is a great player in his day, but we just haven't seen that once a season yet at all. I think it just, again, it relates back to the manager for me. It's just the, McGregor, the likes of McGregor eh, and Edward. We know all these guys are top, top players and how much that they've dropped off this season. Eh, I think the, the elephant in the room is Lennon says after we get put out of the Champions League that these players don't want to be here, go. Nobody left. Nobody left at all. So you're stuck with all these these, likes, these players like Edward, two years left in his deal. He's come out in the French press and said, I, I'm here for the rest of the season. Then I'm all, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that because we knew, it, it was, we knew he's not in this for the long haul and he was going to get sold at one point. But aye, if he needs a G up then, if he wants to get a move... Uh, he has. He's going to have to. He's going to have to do it himself. Aye, well, that's that's the problem, though. That that's the problem with, with Edward's performances. It, it looks to me, and I, I might be wrong in saying this because he might come back and prove us wrong in a couple of weeks. It looks to me like he's chucked it mentally playing for playing for Celtic. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind of player he's, he was before. He's not got that same kind of drive that he had before. Um, whether he thought he was going to get a move in the summer or not. Listen, if teams don't come in for you and put in an acceptable bid, then you're not going to go anywhere. So the window is now shut. You're a Celtic player. You're a Celtic player for a reason because was it one one bidder partner came in for Germany that I'm assuming if they came in that late in the day, it was probably way below par. Um, and, that's, and that's why we never even heard anything about it. So you had one bid come in for you. So you can't even down tools and go in a bad mood because nobody else wants you. This is where you play. You play for Celtic. You get paid your wages by Celtic. You play for us. So... He do your ass and start playing to the, the you know the kind of quality that you. Otherwise, you're not going to get a big move like Dembele did. As much as Dembele took the toys to a pram, Dembele was class up until the day that he went, which is the reason why we were so heartbroken when he went because we got. I mean, we were actually we didn't get enough money for Dembele, but we got we got a, a big transfer fee for him. He played class up until he went and that's why we were gutted when he went just now I'm not going to say I'm not going to be gutted if Edward goes but the form that he's in just now he's added nothing to the team so if he went tomorrow we wouldn't be missing anything week to week that we've had you know unless he can find that form that he's got and find the, the quality that he has Tony he's just he's but, not going to be missed though Sorry, just just to jump in but we know I, I, I disagree with the point you're saying that he wouldn't be missed we know what this guy's capable of I'm going to repeat myself, it all comes back to one guy and it's, and it's Neil Lennon. It I'm is say, Neil Lennon. Get I'm a proper manager though, and I'm, you coach guys like this. Aye. You'll get the best out of Odds and Edward, you will. But what I'm saying, Scott, is I'm, I, I know that. That's not what I'm saying. What I mean is just now, on the form, if we're going to go with the fact that his heat's went down and he doesn't look interested, like the like Charlie Nicholas said, then week to week, we're not going to miss anything for him just now because he's no kicking his ass, And that's, that's my problem. I we need a manager to come in and and work with somebody like Edward and get the best out of him and Lennon isn't doing that and that falls on him but Aye, on current form he's not bringing anything to this team because he's not scoring goals or creating assists or doing anything mm-hmm. today he got assists by Chan but up until this point today he hasn't done anything of really merit no. nothing of not at all so I, I do agree with you right to a certain extent but 
I wouldn't be too quick in rolling him out completely because we know he can flip it and just bring it on. But aye, no, that's not what I'm saying. That, I, I, that's not what I mean. I don't mean I don't mean fucking get rid of him. Yeah, that's not what I'm aye. saying. Because we know that he could quite easily you know, come good in a couple of weeks' time. You know, Lennon said today, because um, he was left at the game, which we'll go on to talking about against Motherwell, he put it into the COVID again saying he's not recovered properly from COVID and that's why he's missing out, right? We'll, we'll talk well, about that. that's the case then. Why is he starting midweek? We'll talk about that when we come to the game anyway, right? But... Um, it could be a, a bunch of factors why he's not playing well, but if, he, mm. if this continues, he's off and run to the team, is what I'm saying. But well, listen, we'll round off this game and we'll round off with the, the post-match um, kind of things that happened. So first up, Tony, I'll start with you on, on Chris Sutton. Um, after this game, we're sitting watching this, expecting Chris Sutton. We've said before that he is... Um, He's truthful about Celtic. He'll slaughter Celtic when Celtic need to be slaughtered, unless your name's Neil Lennon. Um, but he will slaughter us. So we're, we're kind of waiting for something to come out here about the team, about the performance. First guy he goes for is a guy who gave us some form of life in this game, Lee Griffiths. He made comments about his fitness. He made comments about his weight as well. Listen, I'm sitting here as as a fat guy, right? Lee Griffiths is <laughs> fat, right? Lee Griffiths is not fat. Like, I, he might be a little bit overweight, but let's be honest, he's no, he's no Morelos fat, is he? Uh, you're letting the viewers peek behind the curtain a bit there. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm happy. Well, that is it, mate. But, um, no, I see the fact that he's um, criticising Griffiths, saying that he's, a, he's half fit. Um, well, I'm sorry, but a half fit Lee Griffiths has done more for this fucking team in the past few weeks than Eddie, Ayeti and Clamalla have done. So, I feel like his comments are unnecessary, unwanted, and I genuinely think He's just doing it because that's what he criticised his daffy fucking pal. And it's getting to the stage where, well, look, prime example, he, he literally dug up Roy Dyer for a fucking league if he's eating a tea cake on the park. But Ailey Nussie's on his phone after the game, after being subbed, after being a star performer for weeks, and it's no good enough. You've got guys like Landwehr coming out saying he's disrespecting Jockstein's memory. Like, honestly, fuck, man. Get to fuck. You're embarrassing yourself. You're ruining your own fucking legs in the comments like that. Half your phone. Half your phone, son. <laughs> <laughs> I know. People I, without the fans is nothing, you know what I mean? Uh, no, um, Tony died. Tony, sorry, mate, you've finished now. Uh, see, once, mate, aye. I'm pretty much done, but... <sighs> aye, fuck it. Nice, <laughs> How do you go, Scott? Uh, aye, no, I think, Tony, aye, you're spot on. I mean, it's just, it's total deflection tactics again, because he doesn't want to come out and, and criticise his pal, which is the, the, glaring, the glaring issue here. I mean, he's flip-flops and if I'm looking at certain flip-flops and what striker he's going to attack. I mean, last season, he went for Scott Sinclair actually at one point after Scott Sinclair just came off yeah, an invincible season and Sutton spent the full pre-season or early Champions League qualifiers deciding that Scott Sinclair was his target and Scott Sinclair, I think, scored like three times against Astana, mm-hmm. which was a game in like August and Chris Sutton had spent the full season. I say he hadn't started the season great. He, went, he then went for Edward at one point last season before Edward totally made him meet his words. He then, he then spent last week going for a Yeti. I mean, 30 seconds into the Lille game, he was on a Yeti's back straight away. This week, now, <laughs> this week now, it's Griffiths' turn to get it. So he, he, he just, I mean, he's pathetic and embarrassing. He's attacking Cal McGregor. Cal McGregor's won so many trophies for us, being you know, absolutely unreal. Yep, he's not, had, he's not had his greatest start to the season, but yep, he attacks him. As Tony says, come out for El Yanusi. I mean, the El Yanusi stuff is just... The fact he was on his phone at that, I think that doesn't really, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in the slightest that he was on his phone. He's got a young daughter, don't know what he's checking. 
he's been shrugged off. Look, I was on my phone. I was I was on my phone with three one because the game's done. I can uh, um, I can kind of right, I, I don't I don't agree with something at all. Right, I can kind of understand to an extent having a player sitting on your phone. For me, I I wouldn't want my players doing that. But at the same time. I don't care. You know, see the way the game is going. It's hardly like El- that. That is a deflection tactic. You know, I don't think that El Nunesi should be sitting when his team are getting beat. It's, is it like a, a facade thing? Do you put up the do you put up the sad face and you look as if you're, you're bothered by the game or do you sit on your phone? You know, it's it's one of them things. I don't think he should have done it, but at the same time, I don't think it was that big a deal, Tony, was it? Professionally, it doesn't look good. Fair enough. No. Aye, but. What I was watching the park, I was more concerned with than Elanusi looking at Candy Crush and see what's going on with his lives. I couldn't care less. Like, I'm looking at the team in the park that are not organised. The management haven't done a fucking any back, background information on Sparta Pride, looks like, because we were totally outclassed for 90 minutes. That's more concerning than Elanusi being on his phone. And to try to take away from the fact that how poor we were and just focus on Elanusi. And Griffiths is this. It's a fucking laughing stock. And I don't think it's worked either, that deflection tactic, because I think probably everybody that I've seen has went, who gives a fuck? About this? They've, no, they've not been able to play on on that, mm. that deflection tactic, so they've had to deal with it. Um, Scott, I've, Neil Lennon's post-match um, just interview. I can quickly on the, on the LU news. Like, it doesn't bother me, uh, him really being on his phone. Like, it doesn't bother me. But I think it does sum up the drop off in standards, and the standards come from the very top. Whereas you wouldn't, you wouldn't be allowed to get away with that, or even thinking of doing anything like that under Rogers. But he's on, he's got his phone next to him, next to the, in his in his jacket, and then you've got a player at the start of the season swans off to Spain. Nobody knows where he is. I think this is just whole this whole culture thing that Lennon's talking about changing the culture. I mean, you've created this culture when he came in like Lennon and late. Uh, just taking over for Rogers, steady to ship at points. But when we won the league, we went off to Dublin for like a four-day vendor and we had to play Rangers later on that week. I know the league was done and we went to Ibrox and we got totally embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Through now. I think it's just the total standard set at the top and I think it's so just keeping through the club and it's manifesting itself and it comes, I'm just going to keep going for him. It just it comes from the end and Sutton's using it a deflection. He was straight in for Ronnie Dyler for similar performances, if not worse performances than this. Straight in for Ronnie Dyler when Commons did his thing in Mulder. It was yeah, uh, it was it was all about how Ronnie Dyler was in the wrong for taking him off. Didn't think El Yunus had his greatest game on Thursday, but he he had scored four goals in three games, so he's probably quite right to be a bit pissed off that he was subbed off when especially when Edward wasn't kicking his arse either mm-hmm. uh, when they were making that sub to bring to bring Griffiths on. But yeah, total deflection tactics for Sutton and the, the elephant in the room that he doesn't want to say that his mate is quite clearly clearly failing as a football manager. Scott. Talking about post-match interviews, uh, Neil Lennon. I'll start with you on this one. Neil Lennon's post-match interview. What did you, what did you make of this? I felt like he took took the blame, but also shifted the blame at the same time. It was a strange one, wasn't it? Oh, the post-match comments were nearly as bad as the game, if not worse. Uh, the guy's a total egomaniac. Uh, he will never accept any responsibility for any failures with it. He's, he flip-flops and changes all the time, as I've already stated. One minute he's backing the players, next minute he's chucking it under the bus. How does that message then come across to the players when he's just it's just constant? Uh, he, I just think somebody should maybe have a word with him, yet we're all emotional and stuff after these games. And of course, Neil Lennon, of course he cares. 
uh, of course, but then when he to come out and then some of the things that he says, I mean, really like we need to change the culture of this club and we need to do it quick. We need to do it before Sunday. Like, what are you talking about? Well, mate, so I was listening to uh, I was listening to another podcast today, um, and they were talking about this culture thing, and they actually said, "Be careful what you wish for." They said they could see if you bring somebody else in from outside. Right? So say you bring in an outside source into Celtic, and you go, "We need to change the culture here." What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to go for the people that are influential. Neil Lennon, Scott Brown, they'd be the first ones to go if somebody came in and had a pure bulldoze to replace to change the culture. So he has to be really careful what he says about that because that could quite easily turn people um, can I, against him in that sense. I change, change the culture back to what it was before he, before he became the manager. We, the, the, only, the times for Celtic in my lifetime have gained proper success is when they've went out and they've got a top-class, high-quality manager, Martin O'Neill, Brendan Rodgers. They're the most two most successful periods uh, in our lifetime. So you get what you pay for. Uh, and we just, we, his comments after the game just totally sum it up for me. Uh, totally go, going for the players again. He's already used that tactic once after Ferenc Farrell's when he went for the players. And then he's went for them again after that. So he needs to make up his mind up. What is it? Are these players playing for them? Are they not playing for them? Uh, and it, yeah, it all buck stops for him. And I mean, the guy, the guy's out, totally out of his depth. I just want a proper football manager that can come in, coach these players, give them a sort of system, give them. I mean, we spend we've spent the first twelve episodes or whatever this flip flopping between what formation we should play, whether it should be four two three one, whether it should be three five two. End of the day, see all that stuff. It's academic because not nothing. He's tried everything that he can, and that's why I think he's got to go because he's he's changing personnel. He's changing formation. He's trying everything he can, and it's simply it's not working. We don't look organised. We don't look set up to play these teams. And yet we'll go to play Sparta Prague in two weeks' time. We'll probably get beat again, and it all builds up to the Rangers game that we have in January. And I don't think any of us in this podcast have any faith in him to win that match. And if we don't win that match, forget ten that off. Forget it. Right, so we'll move on then, boys, to today's game uh, away at Motherwell. Um, <laughs> I was. Laughing beforehand, we're looking through the the fixtures, the fixture list a few weeks ago. Um, Tony, I think you went through the the fixtures we had coming up, and the only one, the only one in the fixture list that seemed to be the easy one was Motherwell away out of the the list of fixtures. All of a sudden, after the last couple of weeks, this becomes probably the biggest must game win that we've had all season, doesn't it? Well, Neil Lennon said himself, it's a it is a must win game during the week there, so it's pretty honestly unnecessary pressure on the team even more so and himself but um, no to be honest I can't really complain about today I was thoroughly happy with what I've seen on the most part I think after Motherwell's first goal it looked a bit cagey for you but but it was a fairly professional performance for the boys so um, I'm agreeing with you Tony, I think today's performance was was fine. You know, we started off really well. Um, obviously, four one victory. It's tough to argue with four one victory, um, but the performance itself for me was all right. Um, two of the three of us were were fine with us today. Um, they were the better looking. Aye, on the podcast. All, all I'm saying I'll is, you get my hair gelled up the day. That's why you need to be bald, David. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to be bald, David. A beard on the podcast to to be. Like sensical, uh, Scott. You didn't enjoy this today, did you? No, I mean, if you think I've been negative so far, I'm about to turn off a few notches. I uh, <laughs> uh, feel like it was like just paper under the cracks today, then basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, for me, it's just it's this cycle that we're in at Celtic currently, and I, to be honest, I don't know how we get out of it. Uh, we go and play a game in Europe, we get absolutely embarrassed. I'm, I'm fed, and we get scudded. 
can't like it's just keeps ha- it's happening time and time again. And then, but then it's like, oh, but we'll turn it around three days later. We've got another game and we play another, we play a but like a bunch of rubbish really. Like Motherwell aren't the great. Uh, the other ten teams in the league they aren't the great. And I can Ronnie Dyler managed to manage. Ronnie Dyler was seen in majority of fans' eyes as a total diddy. He managed Celtic to wins against these teams. Us three could manage Celtic to wins against these teams. We've got fifty times the budget. We've got much better players. So then I think uh, we go into that. So it was hard for me to even get excited or, or bothered by by what was happening today on this like in the Sparta Prague game. See the fourth goal. I actually what cheered. Like I'm not ashamed to admit it. I cheered when that goal went in because that my point of me. I I just wanted the manager gone at that point. The game was finished. I thought I need this to go to four or five to get the full message across. That he needs to go. But he watched Lennon after the game, and he's in the safest job in the world. Yes, he he's in the safest job in the world because it would take Peter Lowell to be a man and admit that he got this wrong when he appointed him in the showers. And yet, when it comes back today, yet we started well, played all right in the game. I thought Rogic and El Yanusi, eh, the media tried to throw El Yanusi quite under the bus and I was absolutely delighted for him the day, the way he, he answered that. That was that was really pleasing. Rogic again, eh, a man that Neil Lennon had disregarded and the majority of the Celtic support had disregarded. He, he comes in again for us, was, was excellent. But yeah, I had much... More concerns over the second half of today's performance, looking at it individually, but the overall cycle of it of just like losing again in Europe and then having an, having another game. We always have a game to react, and we, I had no doubts that we were going to win the day. Beating Motherwell, beating Aberdeen, isn't our problem. Our problem is beating teams where we're just similar to our level or just a level below us. Because as I said at the start of this podcast, we haven't beaten team, we haven't beaten a team similar above our let's our level since Lazio, and that was a full year ago. Ryan, I think I found the rat in the dressing room, sounds it. I think it is, mate, aye. Like, genuinely, holy fuck, man. See what you really mean, Scott? So, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So we were obviously in the group chat today talking about this. Um, yeah. Tony, me and you were, were fine. Let's, we'll, we'll talk about the, the lineup because we got what we wanted. Ayer came in for Duffy um, and Edward went out for a Yeti. The rest of the team was the, the same. Uh, that I think that's a great call. By the yeah. way, you had that in. I thought Yeti was, was really good. And they were the correct calls. So that's what I'm going to say. So the the subs that we or the subs the changes we made for this one. So obviously Ayer come back in. I would have thought if you were going to say to me Ayer's coming back in, I would have put money on Beaton getting dropped for this game, just because I, I just could see it coming if somebody told me that Ayer was back. Um, but no, Shane Duffy out, Eddie out, right call for me. Um, yep. Elurisi grabs a hat trick. He plays really well the first half. But let's talk about about Tom Rogic, mate, because for me. This has probably been the best game that Tom Rogic has played since he's came back for us. Oh, I mean, definitely. And like, I kind of wanted to avoid a lot of the phone puns after the whole bullshit with Lambert and stuff and Chris Sutton. But um, for me, Tom Rogic gave him the best service and best coverage all day of the game, man. Like, thank fuck it was a 4G pitch as well. And that is also me done, boys. I will not do that because <laughs> midweek it was enough with the Cadbury's jokes. <laughs> I mean, but... Aye, for anybody, for anybody that follows us on, on Twitter, apologies for Tony's um, Tony's puns the other day with the Cadbury's jokes. It, um, it got a bit far, didn't it? If he's want, I'll just boost. Aye, that's fine, mate. I'm on another planet, man. Just, I'm living on Mars. Tony, <laughs> Tony listen, listen, take a break for this, right? Um, Scott, Sorry, mate. It was bound to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, a yeti today. Um, I made the point to you too earlier on that uh, the work he does off the ball sometimes goes unnoticed. Um, but for a couple of the goals today, he actually played a quite a pivotal part. I thought he was excellent today, wasn't he? Oh, 100%. I thought he was brilliant in, in Lille the week before. And 
it was harsh on him that they, he got dropped for Aberdeen. I thought Edward did well that game. Uh, but I was, I, to give Neil Lennon a bit of praise, I don't know, like I was, I've had a whack to read in the last two minutes, but uh, to give him a bit of praise, yeah, I thought that was the right decision to go with. To go with yeah, he linked, I thought he linked the play up, as you say, really well. He scraps for everything and you talk about, I mean, Lennon's buzzword is hunger and desire. I mean, that guy doesn't lack any of that. That's for sure, fighting for everything shouting at Andrew Dallas like stuff like that absolutely I love that <laughs> get that in, get that in jetty, man somebody shouting at Dallas or game a statue <laughs> um, so overall boys like we're no it's tough to kind of go into the, the performance too much Scott you were you were critical of the second half performance I think that's maybe come from it's so probably just coming from the fact that we're 2 0 up and we just sort of take the foot off the gas naturally. Aye. It happens across Europe and football as a whole that teams just kind of sit back and just try to see it out. But after the, the midweek game, you're not really wanting to see that. You want to go for the throat and go for the juggle and just properly bury them. I, I, but, I agree with Scott. Scott, I do agree with Scott when he, when he says, you know, second half performance was, was a drop off. And it, it was in aye. comparison to the first. But for me, and. Scott, you, you said to me earlier on, that just shows how far we fell that that's acceptable for us. But I, it is. But that's why I'm happy to see it. That's why I'm happy to see us playing these games out because I know that we could quite easily get fucking done again for our own stupidity in these games. And we're not playing well. So seeing we're not playing well, just give me three points, man. That's all I want just now. Just give me three points in the league. If we're not going to play well, then fine. You know, we can't change that overnight. Well, we should be able to change it overnight. We should be able to do that. Because we're Celtic, we should be that good that we can we can overturn that. But see if we're not playing well, just give me a win, mate. That's all I ask for. I don't I don't think this I think I think the week before I was said in the podcast that I thought we'd seen the game out well against Aberdeen and I was happy with that, even though I think I think it comes back to fitness as well. I think we'd fall off a cliff, man, like after sixty minutes. I know we've scored two goals late on the day. But I think we're inviting pressure and the Aberdeen game was short of invited pressure, but they, they weren't threatening us. They were passing the ball, but they had nothing about them. Motherwell were creating chances today in that second half. They were putting us under a lot of pressure. And the goal that they get, that goal that goal was coming. And especially, we know the back four are vulnerable. Uh, even taking Duffy out of the team today, Iron beat on, they bring you a lot on the ball uh, offensively, but defensively, there is still a lot of question marks about them. And until we get a guy like Christopher Julian back in the team, I don't think we, especially against a team like Motherwell, because Leo, they force you back because of the good players they have. We allowed Motherwell oxygen in that game uh, to put pressure on us, and we haven't got good defenders at the moment. We simply haven't. We've got more uh, players in the front foot, like Rogic, Christel, you know, see, uh, Ayeti, and then Edward coming off the bench. We've got real quality to go and just go and push on at these teams and, and kind of get the game finished. The, the goal we lose is embarrassing as well, like Beaton's mm-hmm. uh, poor for it. Baines not commanding his box. For me, that this is where it comes to me. Like you've dropped Barkas for one mistake, so now you should drop Bain for me because I think Barkas should come in. Paid a lot of money for the guy. Uh, he's been wrote off after two months. Uh, Bain's not commanding at all for that. And yeah, you're just inviting pressure and El Yunusi. El Yunusi dug him out a hole with that third goal because that's it's a great leap and it's a brilliant header. Because at that point, you're, you're totally going like that. Fucking this could this could seriously end two two. Especially when Shane Duffy comes on as well. I was like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> Tony, I'll ask you, I'll ask you both actually, but I'll start with you. Um, are we missing anything just now? Is there something Celtic are missing? A football manager. Apart Brendan from, Rodgers and a bag of cans. Apart from Brendan Rodgers and a 
bag of cans. Is there anything on the pitch we are missing just now? Or do you think we've got a, a decent enough squad that could probably get us over the line this season? Taking the manager out of the equation, because we know that's a, an issue, but is there anything that we probably need to be looking at in January that we need to bolster in this squad? Centre the mid. Aye. Centre mid and a centre back, 100%. Spying the team is all wrong for me. Um, I think the Scott Brown has been playing quite well to this point, but I think we need to seriously reinforce that position because if Ole and Cham can't grab the, the bull by the horns and stamp a place in that team, there's something amiss. Because for me, Cam McGregor hasn't kicked his ass in a few weeks either. We need somebody to come in there and just rejuvenate it and give it a bit more fucking... I don't know, just lift the spirit of the team because I don't know why, but it just seems so sluggish at times. Like, Scott said in the chat that we're a 45-minute team and it's kind of hard to disagree with that up to this point because you're not seeing much performances that are lasting the 80 70 minute of games. Scott, do you agree with that? Aye, I, I, thought, I thought Brown was actually quite good today. I thought he brought... Aye, he was. Passing, on his passing's still a bit erratic at times, but I thought he broke the game up well and... He showed that sort of leadership uh, that we needed. He broke it up, as I say, I've already said that he broke it up really well in the play. And but yeah, there is a point where I think it's the sums up for me at Celtic in terms of we never we we're not we're not developing any players anymore. We're not really developing anyone at this point uh, in terms of we signed David Turnbull. For me, if when you, I think I think Tony is right about the midfield. I think that's a really good point. It's not really been mentioned a lot that the midfield doesn't really apart from Tam Rogic, who's been sensational. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGregor hasn't really done it even in Cham when he's come in hasn't been doing it either so you're like right you paid this money in Turnbull why not give him a goal like guys like Sorrow why not see so you, so you bring Sorrow on for like doesn't he play in months and you bring him on in the last 10 minutes a really important European game a couple of weeks when you're like right where the fuck is this guy game for you so why not games like Motherwell he also or, wasn't on the bench today either Sorrow aye, so he aye, totally disappears at the team culture change mate <laughs> even guys like even a guy like Welsh like uh, I don't think he's never going to make it to Celtic but he he goes plays whenever it was at Hamilton I think and then goes seven months and thrown in straight against Rangers like out of nowhere mm-hmm. like give these guys maybe a wee bit more of an opportunity like guys like Turnbull and Sorrow because the, we keep going on about we've got a good squad as soon as the fans window only ended uh, a month ago and as soon as it ended we all said it every Celtic fans said it that we're really happy with, with the business that we did and we think we've got a great squad so see when players aren't they playing well Guys like McGregor, he hasn't been playing great. I think Tony's right. He should, we'll drop him. He's not. He's not undroppable. Like Edward's not undroppable. Edward was dropped today. Take a guy like McGregor out of the team and give Turnbull a shot. I think Neil Lennon. He's so reliant. He's got his safe options all the time. Uh, so I, I think, I think that whole sums up the whole culture, the cool culture of what Lennon's talking about the club. That we, we don't really develop these players. We we sign them and then they sit in the bench for months and. Sorrow will probably never ever play again and we'll never actually know what he's like right. I think we need to be looking at the right wing as well I think if James Forrest is going to be out for a lengthy layoff we need a player that can get a decent cross in that box and go beyond a, a left back because for me Jim, Jeremy Frimpong for as much as a lovely guy and he's going to be a great player one day I'm just not seeing it the past few weeks he just looks a bit out of his depth at times and it looks like with any young player that needs a wee seat on the bench and just time to just refocus and stamp his, stamp his name on the team. 
Speaking of Frimpong, we were talking about him today, obviously during this game. Uh, Frimpong, for what we know, is, is great going down the wing. Um, I've been critical he's defending before. I've been critical, I think we've all been critical of his, his final ball into the box. Um, it came off a day for El Hamid. We've all been critical of El Hamid defending. You know, I, don't, I don't think that he's covered himself in glory. But what El Hamid does give you is the ability to put a decent ball into the box. We've seen that today. Is it something we should be exploring if we're going to be if we're going to be playing this way? Should we be trying to find a way of pushing Frimpong up? And I mean, this is a kind of more of a long term thing of getting a, a replacement right back in, um, whether it's a, a replacement for El Hamid or he goes in ahead of him and push Frimpong up one. Because mm-hmm. is that where he plays better? Because there was a couple of times a day. I think it was with Tony Watt um, had the beating him the day in. I said I shot myself. I thought he was going to give away a penalty at one point in the day um, when he was he was stumbling over Tony Watt and luckily he got shot away before anything happened. Um, is that something we should be looking at for you, Tony? Well, I did say this a few weeks ago and you both kind of shot down flames at pushing Frimpong up to the right wing because it will essentially take out Ryan Christie, Cameron Edgar or Tom Rollins from the midfield. That is the only issue with doing that. Um, for me, Jeremy Frimpong just isn't a right back. Physically, he's not there. He allows players to get goal-side them all the time, like Tony Watt today as well, for prime example. But I must admit, boys, I prefer El Hamed in that position all day. I really do. I think for the league, you need a physical defender that can handle just the physicality of the Scottish League. We're saying Shane Duffy kind of cut it. Jeremy Frimpong kind of cut it. Scott, you disagree with that, didn't you? I disagree. I mean, Frimpong's one of our best attacking outlets. Like... Time and time again, we go to this guy and he gets you so much up the pitch. And as we're saying, yep, he needs to work. And he's like, oh, I'd be doing with Frank Pong in training. He's working that final ball constant. I think El Hamid, I mean, he seems to get better the more this guy. The more this I, guy that's that's not what we're saying, though. You, you just said that Frank Pong's one of our best kind of attacking threats. Ah, he is. But he's a right back. No, the point is, he's not, he's not best defensive. We need right somebody back. as a defender. And that's that's the problem. That's where it, it lies to me. You're on the front foot for the majority of games. and We are literally on this podcast tonight panning the defence for the whole duration of this podcast saying that we're weak at the back and we just don't yeah, have anyone. I've not got a problem with the full-backs, to be honest. You fucking half your head. I mean... I'm, I'm quite happy. I think Laxell and Frimpong would be a great balance. Laxell, Laxell is not part of this topic. He's... No. Absolutely fine. He's for me. I'm going to be biased, but he's the best one in the world. But Jeremy Frimpong isn't a right back. No, it's, the, the point I just made there, Scott. As, as much as you're saying that Frimpong was was okay, we could have been talking about something completely different if he gave that penalty away. And I know it's mm-hmm. an an average but right, but it was very close to being a penalty. It could have easily been given as a penalty day, especially with the ref. You know, it was clumsy. He got beat down that side after somebody like Tony Watt. Right, let's be honest, it's no like you get done off a of Messi. You know, Tony Watt does Messi. But well, Tony Watt battled Barcelona. <laughs> um but you know <laughs> we know he gets he gets done by him, you know, an our day we've he's given away a penalty, we don't hear slighting him for that because he got done. So that's my my fear is that that's gonna happen again and it's gonna happen again because it's not the first time we've seen Frimpong getting beat. You know, it was it was the same I think it was the Aberdeen game. Um, you told me the boy's name last week and I totally forgot now the boy doing the left hand side Matt Kennedy I think it was um, mm-hmm. he had Frimpong on toast twice early in that game put two decent crosses in first one Sam Crossgrove should have scored second one Beaton I mean watched it back Beaton dealt with it okay but you know it was a wee bit shaky at times but that came from Frimpong getting beat down that right hand side attacking wise brilliant 
He's he can power through. He just he's made a rubber at times. He bounces up after flair and he's he's away. But defensively, I don't think he. I don't think he covers himself in glory. You, but, but this is my whole point, and it comes. It's similar to the Barca's Spain thing. I mean, usually you just might disagree with me, but I don't think the guy in reserves is is better option than him at right back. I don't. El Hamid sells the third goal, by the way, on thir- eh, Thursday night as well. I know Shane Duffy's eh, obviously to blame, eh, but El Hamid gives the ball away and that causes them to break on us. He, he also cost us in the Champions League. Eh, when he gets, he gets, talk about Frankon getting done, he gets totally done for that ball. That's a long ball up the park and eh, the guy's basically at the halfway line. Doesn't he get rid of it? Guy gets in, scores, we're out of the Champions League. Eh, oh, he puts in a great ball today, El Hamid. Uh, I think Neil Lennon might have it right in this point where you maybe switch between the two of them but for me first choice I think would always be Fring Pong I, think, I like Christie further up because I, I, I like Christie because he takes chances mm-hmm. and he, he is, he's frustrating but Christie will give you a lot he'll take pot shots and as I said last week odd one of them might go in I think the Forest uh, I think we need a, I think we're talking about adding to the team in January I think a right mid uh, is where we need to meet strength and I don't think the solution to that is putting Fringpong one up to be honest I don't think that would work because then how is he going to link well Hamid he's not a player that links the play whereas you see Christie laying it off to Fringpong running in mm. you're then going to ask Fringpong to play a totally different role maybe he's back to the game as well so I don't know Fair enough There's a difference of opinion in it I would, I would quite happily go with the team as That's it good. is Right, so boys, that's us into another international break then. Uh, hopefully nobody gets COVID during this one. Brilliant. Um, we've got three Scotland games, but the, the main one coming up is on Thursday. This is this playoff game um, against Slovenia. What do you reckon? Serbia, that just shows how much you know about Scotland. What did I say? Nice try, mate. What did I say? Slovenia, I think you said. Did I? <laughs> I think it's Slovenia, right? I meant Serbia. Honestly, mate. Fake Scottish bastard. Right, I'm starting um, that again. I'm starting that again. Fucking get that. Come no. Uh, no. Just, we make an answer ourselves all the time and you leave boys, that in. So boys, that boys, in. boys, listen, listen. I'm in charge of it, right? So, international break again, boys, this week. Get three Scotland games. First one coming up on Thursday against Serbia. It's the, the big big playoff for the, the Euros. How do you reckon it's going to go, Tony? I know that you're pro- probably more into Scotland than, than Scott is, but well, actually both anyway. Well, not too bad, mate. It's nice we second attempt there at that. I think it's in Slovenia first time. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it got cut and nobody will know. And nobody will know. See, my only requirement of this international break is no injuries and no COVID. I don't give a fuck anymore. I really don't. My main priority is Celtic. And that's why I'm doing a Celtic podcast. It's no the Twisted Bristol podcast. It's Pod 96, or 67, 96. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cut that bit or no? no. Aye, I haven't um, cut that anymore. So, literally, I don't really give a fuck. Um, Scotland can get to the Euros or they want. Don't care. I just want 10 in a row. That's all I want. Scott, do you agree? Aye. Uh, just want this next two weeks for, for Neil Lennon to be sacked at some point. Yeah, don't really care about the Scotland game. Nice and positive. Yeah, fair enough. So next game back then is we're away to Hibs. Um, two weeks, well, two weeks yesterday, two, two weeks and last and Saturday there. Um, we'll do we'll not do a podcast that week because obviously Scotland will be playing. So we'll be back on the the twenty third. We'll look back at the the Hibs game in a bit more detail. Hopefully, when we come back, we've not got any any COVID players out. Um, they're just going to chuck a span on the works for the season again. And we'll look ahead to the... They have due a turn for the COVID, the COVID helicopter, really. 
has to turn to them in it, surely, this time around. Well, not really, mate. They've not got any players that play international. Uh, they're allowed to go to house parties as well. The government don't give them yellow cards. They give them uh, praise and how, how well they're dealing with it. You yeah, know? They, well, they, that is it. No, I mean, that's a yellow card for Scottish football, but for them, it's a round of applause. Hats after you. We are the people. Aye, listen, we're not going to get into that because we've already been fucking raging on this podcast and you'll set me off again because I was furious with that the other day. So we're not going to get into it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the Pod 67 political spin-off show at some point. That's what we can do. And we can just we can just slate every political decision that happens in FIPA. Um Right, boys. So we will be back. We'll review the Hibs game and look ahead to the away leg or the away game at Sparta Prague. So, Tony, see you later on, mate. Low it out. Scott. Lenin out. <laughs> you don't know what to say there, do you? Fuck it, everybody out. Fucking took it right off him, brilliant. Hey right, guys. What it? What it? See you later.